0: found the real estate law podcast because real estate is more than just pretty pictures and law goes well beyond the paperwork and courtroom arguments if you're a real estate professional or looking to build real estate expertise then welcome to the conversation and discover more at realestatelawpodcast.com
1: Okay, welcome to the Real Estate Law Podcast. This is episode number one. We're finally getting around to doing this podcast. Hi, Rory. Hello. Uh, So let's introduce ourselves first and uh, we'll talk a little bit about why we're doing this, uh, how it started, and we're grateful that you're listening, that you found us. We don't expect that. Lots of people are going to find this just yet, but. Uh, We think that lots of people will as time goes on, and the interesting thing about having a real estate law podcast is we haven't found any others. Like We looked, and we scoured the iTunes store, and we looked around Google Play and all the different places that people host podcasts, and there's a lot of episodes about real estate and law within each other's respective category podcasts, but nothing that's dedicated to real estate law. So you know that begs the question why why even do this in the first place? Why do we even need to have a real estate law podcast? And I think what's important is we should probably introduce ourselves first, which will explain a little bit about the motivation behind putting a podcast together that specializes in real estate law. so since I'm the one talking, I'm actually going to introduce myself first, even though you're really the star of this podcast. So my name is Jason muth, and I live here in Boston, Massachusetts, where we're recording this, and I, and I work in the media, actually. I've been in the media for most of my career. Uh, I do have an interest in real estate, and I am a real estate investor. Uh, we'll talk more about that as time goes on. But I have nothing to do with the law. I am not an attorney. Uh, I never wanted to be an attorney, and sometimes the law just is kind of boring. I, just, I, it glaze, I glaze over when I think about it. Uh, But the good news here is that we do have somebody on the podcast who not only is an attorney, uh, but is a real estate attorney. And that's where the whole real estate law connection comes in. So I'd like to introduce Rory Gill. He is uh, an attorney and a broker also here in Boston, Massachusetts. You could say hi, Rory. Hello, that is correct. I am the founding attorney of Urban Village Legal,
2: a real estate law practice, and I am the broker owner of Next Home Town, both here
1: in Boston. Okay, so that's a lot to unpack. Uh, Urban Village Legal is the law firm and it specializes in real estate law. Real estate law,
2: ranging from performing the transactions to helping investors uh, maintain their property, um, and going into court to help those same investors with their property.
1: Okay, so it's, it's not just sitting behind the table and, and taking phone calls and processing paperwork. You are sometimes in front of uh, some of the, the nation's finest judges prosecuting folks and defending people and doing the things that we all think attorneys do, correct? That's also correct. Okay, okay. Now, we'll get more into that later. Uh, Next Home title town. Uh, you mentioned that, so that is a brokerage.
2: That is a brokerage here in Boston. Uh, we launched that relatively recently, and it's uh, the area's progressive real estate brokerage.
1: Okay, uh, there's a lot of real estate brokerages out there, so we'll learn a little bit more about what Next Home Town does differently and and where it fits in with all the other brokerages that are here in Boston and uh, all around the country. Uh, but you know, let's just take this back for a second because uh, you know, as we were conceiving this podcast, we decided that. Uh, there's just not enough information about how real estate and law intersect, and since you do this all day every day, uh, and and most people don't realize they need a real estate attorney until they're in the market looking for a real estate attorney. It's not like a typical product you see advertised on television. Like, you know, you'll see. Uh, coffee or vehicles or, or what have you constantly advertising uh, because they know that people are buying this product all the time or uh, they know that when it's time to go buy that product that they'll remember your product now real estate law is one of those almost behind the scenes type things right that's correct and
2: it's a bit of a shame that people come to us when they do after they've already found a home after they've already been working with the broker they come to us almost as a throwaway as a, as a necessity in the last minute when we can actually be helpful from the very beginning, when somebody's first looking at a place, um, considering even if they're eligible to buy a place, we can do a lot of coaching
1: and provide a lot of counsel um, to those people from the very beginning. As a real estate attorney. That's correct. Right, because most people, I think that they understand that you work with an agent or a broker uh, on the real estate side. They're the ones that they'll, they'll show you around town, they'll bring you into MLS, and they'll say, here are the different Properties that are on the market that are in your price range or that you're looking for uh, and and they're they're selling the glamour right of the real estate side but uh, When it comes down to you know putting pen to paper Is is that usually where the attorney comes in or or what is your role in that whole transaction process?
2: The way I would I always word it is the agent is the one that finds the deal for you And then the attorney is the one that makes sure
1: you get the deal that you signed up for Okay so the agent finds the deal, that's, right? Yep, That's and then the attorney is the one that makes sure that deal gets done.
2: That's right. So by the time you close, you actually are getting what you signed
1: up to get. That that sounds really simplistic. And if, is that the easiest way to, to think about this? I mean, that's really what all it comes down to is the attorney is like, all right, you know what? What's the deal at hand? I'm going to make sure you get that deal done.
2: Yes, but there are a lot of moving parts there, making sure that you get the property um, in the condition that you signed up to get it, um, free of taxes or extra bills so that you can use the property how you expect it to be able to use it, we make sure that everything is paid off and you really are getting a property that's ready for use as you expected it to be.
1: Right. Okay. So realizing that clearly a real estate attorney is is necessary during this process, um, let's quickly talk about Why on earth does the world need a podcast about real estate law? We'll be a little self-serving right now first, and then we're going to get into some of the topics as to what uh, real estate attorneys do. Our our intention of this podcast is really simple, okay? So we want to try to serve uh, an audience of people that are into real estate, uh, that want to see a little bit more about the legal side of it, and don't mind listening to our voices for about 15, 20 minutes or so. We think some episodes will be longer once we have some guests on them, but for now we are the guests. So, uh, you know, but, but, but why, why should somebody listen to this podcast? Like what, you know, frankly, when I go to a cocktail party, maybe with you or some other people, when I see other attorneys, uh, you know, I, I, I get what you do, but I kind of don't. And it's, to me, it seems a little bit boring, but uh, the law can't be boring, Right. Well, that's why we're having this conversation, because
2: the law isn't always boring, and because real estate is more than just the pretty pictures that you see online.
1: Yes, because we see HGTV all the time. They make it seem so simple, right? You go to three different houses, you pick which one you want, and then you put an offer in on it. Then you have this lovely place to live in Bora Bora, or somewhere exotic.
2: But everything is much more complicated than that. The process is always much messier than that. And in that mess is where you find the interesting stories, and that's what we're hoping to explore.
1: Yes, exactly. So uh, in full disclosure, I will say that the reason that we're together doing this is because we're married. Did we leave that part out? We left that part out up until now. And uh, we seem to talk about this a lot. Uh, over dinner. I mean our, our our days are very different when we go to our respective offices. You know working in the media field uh, you know I work with personalities and salespeople and technical folks and you know management and, and lots of different moving parts that are involved in a large media company and I probably have some stories that you know either are over your head when I tell them or they just sound like ridiculous or, or, or unbelievable uh, but that's just because you're not in that industry. On the other hand, uh, when you tell me some of the stuff that you have to deal with uh, on the real estate law side, you know, like I'll see you putting on your suit for the day. Oh, are you going to court today? Yes, I am. Which case is this one? Oh, it's the one where, you know, we're, we have the sheriff coming and we're throwing people out and, you know, it just sounds terrible. I was like, whoa, you know, I'm not, I'm not curing cancer here, but, you know, that seems an awful lot more important than what I'm doing. It's, Certainly,
2: there's a great pivot. Some days we're ha- helping that happy first-time homebuyer sign the documents at the closing table. Other days we are going to a home with the sheriff to take people out of home, out of
1: houses that they are destroying. And, and do you find that most attorneys that do real estate transactional work are involved with working with the sheriffs to remove people from their homes if they've overstayed their welcome? Like, is is that part of the gig, or are these really distinct? Uh, d- distinct lanes that different attorneys can operate in.
2: They can be distinct lanes. What I do overall is
1: help real estate investors
2: manage and manage their deals and manage their properties. So I see that as one lane, um, but they are very different aspects of real estate law.
1: Okay, so you'll work with investors, and w- and and one of those byproducts might be removing a tenant from a property, for example, if that, uh, if the property was sold or if the tenant won't leave after they've been evicted or, or, or describe that a little bit more. I mean, I I make these words up and hopefully in the order that I say them, it makes a little bit of sense, but you could probably actually repackage that into you know what you actually do. Com-
2: compared to other areas of law, generally speaking, I'm lucky because I get to work with happy people most of the time. And they're happy because they're either purchasing a home or because we're working together to build something constructive and part and parcel with working with the investors is making sure that their investment makes sense and that it's operating correctly. And that sometimes means addressing problems head on going to court makes for some of the best stories that we can tell. Sometimes Mm -hmm. they're the most animated, you don't, you don't say, but those are, Generally, when things have gotten out of control, and we try to to prevent those situations from happening in the first place, sometimes it's inevitable. Sometimes I get involved too late, but um, but yeah. So we're working towards something constructive with the investors, and sometimes that involves laying down the law.
1: Okay, great. Uh, so again, we're talking to uh, attorney and broker Rory Gill. Uh, He's with Urban Village Legal and Next Home Title Town here in Boston. So, Urban Village Legal. So, tell us uh, a little bit about Urban Village Legal. Uh, when did you guys start? And, uh, you know, w- what, what have you learned along the way?
2: We've grown from a very small uh, practice back in 2011. That's putting it eight years ago. Um, working with um, landlord tenants is basically where we started. And then we picked up a uh, title agency that allowed us to do real estate closings and now we work with lenders buyers and sellers from across the state and their transactions and then we work with um, property owners and for on more some advanced things such as condominium conversions 1031 exchanges mm-hmm. the aforementioned evictions
1: yes so a, a lot of those things I, i'm guessing that if you're listening to this podcast you might know Uh, what some of those terms are like a 1031 exchange or a uh, title company or title insurance Uh, we could probably unpack a couple of those as as time goes on because a lot of those could be actual full episodes Uh, but you know really quickly you mentioned uh, having a title company so is that something that the real estate attorney normally has and if so uh, you know how do you how do you work in that capacity
2: in order for a real estate attorney to do a transaction properly, he has to be able to issue title insurance and work with the title insurance company. Title insurance being? Title insurance being um, an indemnity to you that allows you uh, to recoup if, the, if anything was missed in the transaction. If there are any outstanding liens, encumbrances, or anything that gets in the way of you being able to use a property in a normal way, you are protected and covered and your lender is protected and covered. It's a bit of a technical feature. It's not the most exciting part of the job, but any real estate attorney must be able to issue that. That And that's where not all attorneys are able to provide services to uh, in the real estate setting because it is a specialized practice area.
1: Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you find that a lot of your clients come to you because they want to buy a title policy, or is that one of those things that along the way during a closing, they discover that they need and that you're the one that can provide that. They never ask for that. it, And that's why I'm
2: shying away from the topic a little bit in the first episode because it's not the most exciting thing. It's just not what somebody's coming uh, to me for. They're not coming because they want the homestead, because they want the title indemnity, because they want the municipal lien certificate. Nobody is ever thinking like that. What they want is to make sure that they are getting the home that they um, that they signed up for and that they're going to have peace of mind after the closing happens. Nobody was looking at those specific items. Those are things that I tread in every day, but they're not the most exciting features of it.
1: I I think that I have all of my municipal lien certificates hung up on the wall in the bedroom. As you should. (laughs) Of course, I'm kidding there. I don't even know what that is. So I'm, I'm I'm guessing I have some of those. I don't know. I mean, we've done a couple transactions together, but I'm gonna obviously play the stupid person here because you were well served in those real estate transactions. You do have municipal C- lien certificates for each. See, there you go. That's that's why we keep you around. Um, okay, so so tell us some other uh, situations where a, a buyer might need a real estate attorney, like when you hear from people. What, what are the circumstances? Hey, I need representation for this.
2: It's very state specific, but in Massachusetts you need a real estate attorney at every transaction. Usually it's a, a, an attorney who's serving both you and the lender at the same time. Um, that is allowed in Massachusetts and that whether or not you do it that way is worth a whole separate conversation. But there's an attorney involved in by law in every transaction and generally speaking the buyer gets to choose which attorney not always but they do get to choose which attorney performs the transaction and that's the one that is overseeing everything otherwise if you had a direct uh, transaction with the seller you don't know if they're gonna turn around and pay off what they need to pay off you don't know where the money's going the attorney is the trusted source that acts as
1: the intermediary so like if you do a for sale by owner and you're working directly with someone that is selling you a property you still need an attorney to perform the transaction even even if there's no brokers involved at all? That is correct. Okay, all right. And that is that Massachusetts specific or? We are one of many states that
2: require that and there's no necessarily rhyme or reason as to which ones require it and which ones don't. Okay. In states that don't use attorneys, they're often called title companies. Right, right, is it like Maine for example. Maine does use title companies as well. California is the big example of a state that uses title companies for transactions, um, and attorneys are actually rare in transactions there.
1: Are they really? Yes. Okay. See, I learned something new. Uh, I legit didn't know that. But, you know, I don't have any property in California, so nor should I.
2: Even if you were in California, you should have an attorney look over things. <laughs>
1: okay. Especially some of those gorgeous properties in the Hollywood Hills, I mean, or Malibu. I mean, they've had such... Issues with fires and floods and things over the past couple uh, couple months and years that you might want to make sure that there were no issues with the property in the past or that you're covered in case you're buying one of those one of those properties. Yeah, and be sure to have a good insurance agent too. Yes, very true. So, uh, you said title title company. So that's title insurance, right? That's uh, that's related those two things.
2: Yes. So the states that in Massachusetts there are underwriter. In those states, they're the ones provided doing the transaction directly.
1: Okay. Got it. So I think that most people, when they're looking at a real estate transaction and they realize there's an attorney involved, they're probably seeing you at the closing table, right? You know, where you and the buyer or the the buyer and the seller come together in in some swanky office somewhere where there's, of course, lots of uh, lots of volumes of real estate books behind the closing table because all attorneys offices have to have that. That's not that's not how we do business, and that's not how we look. We do have a,
2: a attractive office space, but it it does not fit that description. It either.
1: doesn't. Okay, well, I, I just kind of presume that because all the uh, attorney commercials I see on TV, you know, the the um, the personal injury attorneys and the divorce attorneys, you know, they're all right in front of all their volumes. I'm sure they've read them all. Right,
2: but that's the summit. And one of the uh, one of the thing reasons I started doing a brokerage as well is, as the attorney, we don't get to see the property. We don't get to really get involved with our clients too much in advance of closing, but we often meet, I've met many of my clients for the first time in person at the closing itself.
1: In that room with lots of volumes of books? In that conference room with
2: a whiteboard and
1: a a large TV. Okay. We we have a little bit of a different feel. Okay, when you do a closing at your office, you're saying? That is But you do them at other people's offices as well.
2: Yes, we. If it's more convenient for people,
1: we will do it in somebody else's office or a registry or other neutral site. Right. Okay. My point being, (laughs) let's bring it back to what I was saying: is that most people kind of don't even see the attorney, or maybe haven't even talked to uh, who they've been working with until that closing table. Like they get there, and suddenly they're there uh, as the buyer. The seller is there as well, and then there might be two attorneys in the room. Is that right? Or can you describe? What's happening at that closing table because I'm sure that some people who are listening to this this podcast maybe they've never purchased real estate before they don't they don't know exactly what that process is like. It, the
2: closing the closing event itself is becoming a smaller and smaller affair every year um, with the advent of online recording and virtual real estate brokerages, the crowd size is getting smaller. It used to be up to three attorneys, one for the bank, one for the buyer, one for the seller plus a broker on each side, plus all the parties, and you used to have a large full room of people signing a stack of papers. The stack hasn't gotten much smaller, but often the closing is just the attorney and the buyers Uh, because the brokers don't necessarily come anymore to transactions. The practical need isn't necessarily there, and the, the buyer's attorney can often process the transaction online.
1: Okay. Now, part of what you do as the attorney, though, is you're dispersing all the funds, right? So when uh, all these, this, you know, huge thousands of dollars of uh, real estate, uh, of dollars are being uh, traded hands for most real estate transactions. And I know that you and I have kidded before with your, um, your what's the account called? Not the escrow account. The IOLTA. Account. The IOLTA account. I Spell that for me
2: I O L T A, Interest on Lawyer Trust
1: Account okay your IOLTA account yeah where sometimes you'll have millions of dollars in your IOLTA account
2: we are the ones entrusted to make sure that the money finds its correct ultimate destination
1: got and and i don't have the pin for that atm card because it's very likely i'll end up at mohegan sun with some of those some of those funds that's why we are not allowed to have atm <laughs> cards for that <laughs> what i find so ironic about all this is that there's so many times that you're working with friends of ours or people that I know that I have no idea that you're working with them. Uh, and I'll often find this out because uh, they'll make some, you know, some reference to their new home that they're buying or oh they're moving. And I'll say, oh, really, no kidding. And they'll look at me as though like, wait, do you not talk to Rory? Like, do you have no idea that we're doing this? Um, but I, I have a feeling that that's because of the attorney-client privilege.
2: That I protect that, and also when somebody's buying a home, it's their story to tell, not mine. Right.
1: It's, it's their big day, not not mine. But that money in that IOTA account, that's also not yours. That is also not mine. Okay. Well, that's unfortunate because those are those are some pretty big dollars. But you know, part of what you're doing at that uh, at, at that uh, closing is you're making sure that everyone is getting paid correctly, right, down to the penny. Okay. So um, you know everything from the uh, both brokers that are involved. And if the brokers don't get paid, they will remind you right away. <laughs> okay. Uh, to uh, any lien holders? Yep. Right? So what does that
2: mean? So any anybody that lays claim to a property, it's typically the seller's mortgage, their HELOC, any overdue taxes that they may not have paid. Um, there can be solar panel um, companies that have a lien on the property. Um, we just make sure that everything gets paid off so that the, the buyer doesn't get stuck with the seller's old bills.
1: Right. Okay. And, and there might be circumstances where uh, perhaps you're working with a trust or you're working with a family that is selling a property who uh, they inherited. A number of siblings might have inherited the property and they have to get payment dispersed correctly across them. In those cases, we're looking over the probate attorney's work to make sure that the,
2: the probate, the estate attorney, did their job correctly and have
1: given the proper authorization to make the sale. Okay. So it's another attorney who's involved.
2: That can be. We we also work alongside um, sometimes well sometimes not so well with estate attorneys and divorce attorneys.
1: Right. Okay. So it feels as though uh, a lot of the benefactors of these real estate tra- transactions are the attorneys themselves.
2: In some cases, there are many attorneys involved. <laughs> yes. All
1: right. That's good. All right. So so here we are. This is again the first episode of the real estate law podcast. Uh, my name is Jason Muth and this is uh, attorney broker. Rory Gill, and uh, you know, we've talked a lot about putting together a podcast like this. Uh, I think that, wh- when did we buy this microphone? Uh, a couple years ago? Uh, about a year and it, a half ago, yes. had to have been, because this uh, the computer on which we're recording this, it's a, a great MacBook Pro, and uh, I think that this was acquired also a couple years ago as well. Thinking, oh, okay, you know, we can use this for you know the podcast production and whatnot, and then, you know, life happens, right? So two years go by. Uh, and I think part of, part of the real strong motivation behind this is, uh, is next home title town. Let's talk about that really quickly. Uh, and then we'll start to wrap up this episode, but next home title town, uh, is a new brokerage that you have brought to Boston.
2: Yes. It's a, it's a real estate, uh, brand that started in the West coast and now has found its way through us to Boston. It's a, um, Tech Forward Real Estate Brokerage. I've had the chance to work alongside and across from uh, real estate agents from all over the state beforehand, and we wanted to take the best of those experiences and give it in a consistent way to buyers and sellers. Okay,
1: so why on earth would an attorney want to launch a brokerage? That it's it just it seems complicated and it seems like a lot of work.
2: First off, it is both. But first off, I did it because I like it. I've worked as a broker for years as well, and I enjoy very much doing the work. But it's also an awesome opportunity to, to help people do transactions the right way and to help agents themselves who may not have support
1: elsewhere do transactions the right way. Okay. Because we have said that real estate is more than just the pretty pictures.
2: It is a lot more than just the pretty pictures. And if you put up the pretty pictures and don't do the rest of the work, nobody will be happy. Got it. The... the the strength of the entire team, the weakest link in the, the on your real estate team is going to set the tone for the whole transaction. So you want to make sure that everybody you work with, from the lender to the home inspector to the attorney to the broker, is qualified and they
1: have your best interest at heart. Cool. Okay, so Rory, let's go over where you can be found if anyone needs to reach out to you.
2: I'm pretty easy to find online. I'm at nexthometitletown.com or urbanvillagelegal.com.
1: Should we give your actual email addresses or can they find you on those websites? They should be able to find me on the website. They can find you on the websites. Okay, great. Well, once again, thank you for listening. This has been the Real Estate Law Podcast, episode number one. Uh, you can comment where you downloaded this episode, whether it was on iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher or Spotify or anywhere you might have found this. Uh, we really appreciate uh, all of your feedback. Uh, feel free to email us at uh, either of Rory's websites. Uh, or make a comment on our podcast page. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you.
0: This has been the Real Estate Law Podcast. Because real estate is more than just pretty pictures, and law goes well beyond the paperwork and courtroom arguments. We're powered by Next Home Titletown, greater Boston's progressive real estate brokerage. More at nexthometitletown.com urban village legal massachusetts real estate council serving savvy property owners lenders and investors more at urbanvillagelegal.com today's conversation was not legal advice but we hope you found it entertaining and informative discover more at realestatelawpodcast.com thank you for listening